Hello, Marcus Brigstock here. For rights reasons, we are not able to include all of the music featured in the original Cabinet of Jazz radio series. I would urge you, beg you, plead with you to head in the direction of whatever streaming service you have or vinyl records you have or whatever you've got and go and listen to this incredible music. The Cabinet of Jazz with Marcus Brigstock on Jazz FM. Listening colour. Hello and welcome to the Cabinet of Jazz on Jazz FM here at Peter Express Holborn. What would the world look like if Dizzy Gillespie's 1964 run for the presidency had been a success? Would berets be compulsory? Would all trumpet horns be set to 45 degrees? Would there be more goatee beards or fewer? It'd be very different for sure. I mean, more equitable, more egalitarian, a man it would swing. Perhaps it would pave the way for other musicians to take the dedication they put into practice and creativity and bring it into the world of politics. Who knows? Maybe we'd have, say, Van Morrison running the free world with Eric Clapton as vice president. Take that, so-called epidemiologists. (laughs) A mask-free, COVID-free, vaccine-free, non-socially distanced world. By the time this is broadcast, that will be unusable. Edit that out. I should never have mentioned it. Uh, But, you know, the world would be very different and we might very well have missed out on the real possibility of Bobby McFerrin's State of the Union consisting only of the instruction to not worry and be happy. What would the world look like if the land of the free and the home of the brave was actually the land of the free jazz and the home of the stave? Thank you. Subtle joke. A government made up of musicians. What could possibly go wrong? Well, we'll find out tonight as I ask my guest to assemble her cabinet of jazz. The task is pretty simple. Just agree to become president and then select four musicians to help run the world. And tonight I am delighted to appoint to this epic task, Mobo award-winning jazz vocalist, without whom the UK jazz scene would be a much, much poorer place. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the sensational Zara McFarlane. I promised I Zara it. that I'd kneel down in front of the chair so she'd have something to step on to get into I'm so it. Short. I'm sorry we set the chairs so high. I'd, ne- you know, we hadn't met before this, so I. I- <laughs> it took me a minute to get up, but we're here now. So tell me about things. How how's work? You've been back gigging after the after the br- rude interruption that we all faced. Just about, yeah. Things are beginning to pick up a little bit now. Yeah. Um, I've got a gig coming up in October at Ronnie Scott. Oh, that'll be fun. And, um, well, last year we were supposed to be doing the Christmas carol concerts at the Royal Albert Hall, but it got cancelled. So hopefully this year that'll be happening. Yeah, that'll happen. When are you recording that? Is that like right up at Christmas time? Oh, so that'll be live. There should be live performances at the Royal Albert Hall with with an orchestra. Oh, my Lord. Singing a few Christmas songs, getting people in the spirit. Have you sung in there before? I have once or twice. It's a beautiful space. It's a beautiful space with terrible sound. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? On stage, the sound is actually really nice. (laughs) It feels really intimate, ironically, as such a big space. But out front, I performed in there, and I I would not describe it as intimate. But then I wasn't I wasn't singing. You know, it's designed, I guess, to be filled with that sound. Well, that'll be amazing. That'll be fun. Now, Zara, obviously, you're going to be president tonight, but you cannot assemble 
your parliament without first swearing in. And I have actually got a little surprise for you and for the audience. I've got the original wax pressing of Ella Fitzgerald's first ever recording. This is valued at somewhere between half a million dollars and a million dollars. And I've got it right here. And uh, I can't wait to don't talk laugh. To <laughs> this, I borrowed this from the Jazz Museum in New Orleans. We've had it shipped over specially. I've got it here. Please be extremely careful with it. I don't know. I don't two know if I, two I hands if you could. I don't know if I should. Thank you, Zara. Okay, perfect. <laughs> ah, ba, 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 gently. And pop it down there. And if you could just very delicately put your hand on top. I need you to swear your oath oh, uh, with your hand on top of that. Wax, please be careful. Thank you. <laughs> I do solemnly swear that whether or not the cotton reaches the requisite height and regardless of the distance achieved by jumping fish, mm-hmm. and even if Daddy isn't actually rich, nor Mother especially good-looking, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States of Jazz against all enemies. I will bear true faith and allegiance to the great musical forms of jazz, soul, blues and reggae, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter, and if called upon, sing my heart out until everyone calms down. So help me, Diz. Beautiful. Thank you, Zara. (laughs) You can keep that, by the way. I got that for you. It's yours. You can keep that original wax pressing there. Hey, it's my gift to you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there was, a, there was a little thing I did. I snuck uh, an extra little dimension into the oath there, which is the inclusion of, of reggae, jazz, soul and blues, yes. usually on jazz event. But I also threw reggae in because I Absolutely. know that reggae was a huge part of your life growing up and still yes. is. Still and is one definitely. of the things I love about your music is how you've integrated that sound into the jazz stuff that you do. Thank you. Was your your mum and dad are passionate about reggae particularly? Oh, I don't know how passionate they are. You can ask my mum. She's in the audience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mama. <laughs> but, um, no, no, well, I, I grew I... up listening to a lot of reggae music. I didn't really grow up listening to jazz that much at home. Uh-huh. But reggae music was what's played at home, 100%. And what were the favourites uh, when you growing up? What did you love and what did your mum love? Lovers Rock. Yeah, love yeah. Lovers Rock. Yeah. Um, Gregory, Isaacs, a proper, you know, Lovers Reggae soulful male high-pitched vocals junior mervyn yeah 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 Yeah. wonderful stuff if you haven't heard zara's uh cover of police and thieves you must listen to it it's golden (laughs) i absolutely loved it uh zara mcfarlane you have been sworn into office you are now our president and it's time for you to start assembling your cabinet so let's play this and you could tell me who it is I don't know who that was, but whoever it is, I predict big things. <laughs> She's good, huh? Who's that? None other than the first lady of jazz, Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, performing Blue Skies. Great choice, by the way. I already know what they are. You're going to love tonight's <laughs> selections. They're really great. So what role do you want Ella Fitzgerald to have in your cabinet of jazz? Secretary of Treasury. The Treasury, mm-hmm. you want to give Miss Furcoats herself mm-hmm. all the money. Absolutely. All right. Okay, let's see where this goes. So how come? Why do you think Ella would be good at I think she'd treasury? be great because her life was quite difficult. She came from very, very, very humble beginnings and at um, 
quite an early point in her life, I think she was in her teens, she became homeless. And it was through um, going to different performances at the Apollo and different things like that that she got into singing Mm -hmm. and she became part of a big band. And it was through them that they helped her have more care and support and development in her vocals and even how to dress and even how to stay clean because she was homeless for a long time. Yeah, I didn't know that until until you said it. Yeah, that she she like she really didn't really know how to look after herself, did she, when she started performing? Mm -hmm. So she she's been through all these things she's experienced extreme poverty but then also you know bought a few fur coats along the way yeah, she did <laughs> quite right and actually you know it's easy to kind of point you all the fur coats and stuff but actually looking smart was really important and it's socially yeah. politically important isn't it mm-hmm. just tell us a bit about why in that era it was very important you see a lot of the jazz um musicians always wearing suits um, because it's really important to be able to be presentable and to be treated properly, to be thought of as a man. For a lot of black males in that era, mm-hmm. they weren't called man, they were called boy. So for them, it was really important to look good, dress good, and have a very um, distinctive presentation within how they looked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, they do strike an incredible image, you know, when you think of Duke Ellington yeah. wearing his tails and all the rest of it, and the other, Monk. like... His glasses. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mingus's pork pie hat, maybe slightly less so, but it was still pretty cool. I like that weird hat that Monk wore later on as well, the kind of Russian fur hat that he wore yeah. indoors in boiling hot wow. jazz clubs. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a question for you. How do you stay looking good? Because you, by the way, people listening at home, Zara, you look fabulous. It's beautiful. Why, thank you. Flower-colored <laughs> flower dress. You look gorgeous. How do you, in like hot, steamy jazz venues like this how do you stay looking good when you're singing your heart out because it's so much so much energy goes into it i think it's all facade you know you have to look like you're cool and calm but often especially in jazz i was going to say in a different phrase things are hitting the fan yeah (laughs) sure 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 so ella fitzgerald secretary of the treasury i mean i love your reasoning for this that she'd known extreme poverty and known extreme wealth through hard work and all the rest of it do you think she'd be fair do you think she'd make sure that the right people were looked after yes i do actually she um apparently she worked so long in her career because she had to support her family all of her family her parents her children i think extended family Mm. relying on her yeah just the money that she's making so 100% 100% she would be able to look after the money yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the people. I think she'd do some, uh, in the right way, some creative accounting as well. <laughs> I loved <laughs> I loved that you, uh, when you performed Summertime for us there, beautifully, that you uh, threw in some scat singing as well. And Ella does at the beginning of that yeah. version of Blue Skies and stuff. Like, to those who don't know, like I listen, I admire, and it sounds beautiful to me what are you doing when you're scat singing making it up sure okay (laughs) yeah because like no because the other instrumentalists they can take the melody and go off it's different for a singer right so is that that's the vehicle you're using yeah so for me really i like scat vocal because it's completely freeing i'm literally in my head i'm messing around with melody tone um floating across different range it's a lot of fun for me to be able to scat i find it really really fun and when you're doing it, are you just listening to your own voice as an instrument or are you like, is part of it copying instruments that you've heard? I think through practice and developing scat 
it's really great to listen to instrumentalists, mm -hmm. learn their solos. Um, it's also helpful to learn a bit of theory and stuff like that. Mm. But your ear can lend really, really well to be able to just push and pull you into different places. And what I try to do a little bit as well is work rhythmically. Mm -hmm. I like I enjoy pushing and pulling the rhythm a little bit. Yeah, because well. Ella said, uh, every, I stole everything I ever had, but mostly I stole from my horns. Yeah. And when you hear her doing that scat stuff, I listen, I don't know if it's a true story. I'd like to think it is, but um, Otis Redding, before he was discovered as a singer, forgive me if you already know this, but the story goes he was sweeping up at the studios and he was listening to the saxophone sound mm -hmm. and trying to copy it. And as he was sweeping up, he would try and copy the sax sound and go... Which became that yeah. record, and that someone heard him do it and go, "That's pretty great. We think you have a future." I don't know if that's an <laughs> apocryphal story, but I think it's very cool. Um, all right, Ella Fitzgerald as secretary for the treasury. I like it. I mean, Bing Crosby said, "Man, woman, or child, Ella is the greatest of them all." Were you taken with her like the first time you heard her sing? I have to say, actually. <laughs> that I wasn't a fan of Ella when I first heard the All right, audience, calm down, settle, sit down. Is that a, po a pitchfork, madam? Put that away. You weren't really taken with her voice, how come? Controversial. Because um, it sounded too pretty and too perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, I love people that are earthy and rootsy and have just a lot of emotion in their voice. And Ella doesn't necessarily have that, particularly in the early years when she was mm -hmm. young, you know, she's younger then anyway. Um, so I didn't really lean to it very very well at the very mm -hmm. beginning. But over the years, I appreciate what an amazing musician she is. Mm. Um, and also to learn about her life, how she got into singing, how she's had a whole career mm. in jazz is just ridiculously impressive. So obviously, I love Ella now. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, like the, the latest stuff she did with Louis, when Ella meets Louis, there's yeah. those couple of records. She's so playful yes. on those. And, they just and sound like they're having so much fun. They're just having a ball, clearly. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ella Fitzgerald, Secretary of State for the Treasury. I mean, I, I like it. I'm happy to, to nod this through. The audience here at uh, <laughs> Pizza Express. Yeah. All right, very good. So let's move on now to your um, second choice. This is uh, your choice for the Secretary of Defence. Who is that? None other than Billie Holiday. Yeah, and her, her track Moonglow. Yeah. What a great record that is. Awesome. So you want Billie for Secretary of Defence? Yes. How come? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was having conversations about the roles, um, it came up that this person might need to be a bit scrappy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Um, but they also may need to be comfortable with being unpopular. Um, and Billie Holiday is someone who definitely sticks up for herself, sticks up for what she believes in, and isn't afraid to be unpopular. Yeah, I agree. And again, I mean, I, I think her life story of all of the great female jazz vocalists hers is the story that breaks my heart maybe mm -hmm. more than anyone else's because a lot of the un the misfortune that befell her happened when she was just so young yeah you know at the age of 12 she was working in a brothel i don't think as a sex worker but you know like she was just exposed she was abandoned as a kid she mm -hmm. really really knew hardship which you hear in the, in the way she sings you hear all of that 
passion and emotion coming out and it's it's very beautiful for us but lady day definitely suffered yeah so do you think she'd be compassionate in this role then i think so i think she's able to see things from different perspectives and i think because she's literally someone who you know with strange fruit the story of strange fruit and how she fought to be able to sing that song um she it's got determination. <laughs> yeah, she has. The FBI told her, stop singing Strange Fruit yeah. because it's causing problems. And it, it, like documenting what's going on. That that song is such a story of what was happening at that time. And she was told, stop telling people what's happening at that time through the mm. medium of song. Um, I don't know. I mean, mercifully, we don't have anything like that these days. Imagine like if people kind of knelt down and people made a fuss about that. I'm being snide, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's like, it's tragic how little has changed, you know, as, as protests go, when you look at Black Lives Matter and taking the knee and stuff, still people going, stop doing that. It's drawing attention to something that makes us yeah. white folks feel uncomfortable. Yeah. She cracked on anyway, Billie Holiday. Absolutely. She stands up for herself. Yeah, she does, definitely. I think she'd be pretty good in defence. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. You think she'd be, yeah. <laughs> You got to. I love your choice there as well. Moonglow's one of the Billy Holiday songs I listen to less often. And when you suggested it, I went back and listened to it. That's a, that's a hell of a record. Yeah, she's known for her ballads. She very rarely does up tempo or medium swing, but I mm. love a good medium swing. <laughs> <laughs> and that one, she just sounds so effortless and floaty across that. Yeah. When, tell me this, Zara, when you're working on new material, do you, do you listen to these musicians or other musicians or do you have to kind of like go into the zone with your own thing and and cut out some of the noise from without yeah for me i literally try not to listen to too much other music when i'm writing because mm. <laughs> for fear of copying someone else's music at the sure. same time and getting sued loads of money for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that, that, that not that would ever happen to me but you know yeah possible um but i try to get inspired by other arts so i might go to the theater I might go to the museum or yeah. to an art gallery or something like that and be inspired in a different way. Okay, just like see see what provokes you and then yeah. away you go. Because you, you trained in musical theatre, right? Well, I studied musical theatre, yeah, at a place called the Brit School. Yeah, yeah. I many know. moons ago. Do you, do you enjoy musical theatre? Do you go? I love musical theatre. <laughs> Not all musical theatre. What are the shows you've seen that you've loved? Fella, I really loved that. That was at the National a few years ago. Uh-huh. And obviously, like The Lion King is just yeah. amazing yeah. Um, on stage as well. Um, what I love about musical theatre in general is the idea of being able to bring music, dance and theatre and unify them almost equally to be able to create an emotional journey that we uh -huh. go on through the show. And um, an emotional journey is something that I find really important that I try to put into my music. Yeah, I was going to say, in your, in your albums, you've made four albums already and there's... There's so much emotional journey in there and kind of like subtle storytelling. Yeah. And so, you know, the drama of it as well. Theatre, I do love theatre in general, but musical theatre with the music, it just heightens things to another level, yeah. which I absolutely love. All right. If you had to choose, you can go to, at the peak of their powers, a uh -oh. Billie Holiday concert uh -oh. or an Ella Fitzgerald concert. Wow. Who are you going to go and see? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Got to be between those two. Billy, peak of her powers. Bearing or in Ella. mind that 
I didn't love Ella at the beginning anyway. <laughs> That's I, think right. for, <laughs> I think I'll go for Billy, thanks. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Well, on that recommendation, I'm, I'm definitely nodding Lady Day through as our Secretary of Defence. Wow, Ella's taking a kick in tonight. <laughs> now, we're recording this live at Pizza Express in Hoban, a wonderful jazz venue in the heart of London. I have set tonight's audience to work coming up with their own ideas for cabinet members. Uh, let's see, what have we got here? So who would you nominate into the cabinet of jazz? Gil Scott Heron. Yeah, sing them into submission. That's the suggestion. Uh... Oh, okay, here we go. Who? Billie Holiday. And their suggestion is that she be in charge of agriculture and fisheries. <laughs> Who put... I should tell you, I can help you out with this. When Dizzy Gillespie originally ran for president in 64, he said he'd make his whole cabinet up of jazz musicians. He put Louis Armstrong in charge of agriculture. And I'm pretty sure I know why. I think America would have been producing one crop only <laughs> at that time. What else have we got here? Um, who would you put in the cabinet of jazz? Louis Armstrong, Nina Simone, Muddy Waters, Billy Holiday and John Lee Hooker. What role? They're all old enough to sort themselves out. <laughs> just go. You guys, go in there, just run things. Make things better. Uh Actually, you know what? We've got another suggestion for um, for Billy Holiday here. Oh, the Minister of Hard Truths. Oh, I like that. What a ministry <laughs> that that's that is the Ministry of Defence, isn't it? Oh, hard truth is we're invading your country. Uh, oh, this is this is pretty good. Who would you nominate? Nina Simone as Taliban leader for women. <laughs> She'd knock those guys back into the Stone Age. Uh, and Ella Fitzgerald, the Minister for Tiskets and Taskets. <laughs> These are lovely suggestions. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Zara, let's listen to your third choice this evening. Who were we listening to there? Miss Sarah Vaughan. Sassy herself. <laughs> your favourite, right? My favourite. Okay, why is she your favourite? Oh, her voice is just amazing. She literally has a massive range. She scoops and swoops. Her um, scat vocal is impressive and playful. I love yeah, her. she's like so many of her live recordings, especially that the, <laughs> the way she plays with the musicians she she was playing alongside is just so joyful and. Yeah. yeah, I'm, uh, you know, obviously I know a lot less technically about <laughs> what she was doing, but yeah, wonderful. So what position do you want um, Sarah Vaughan to have? Supreme Court. On the Supreme Court. All right. Why did you select her uh, to be a Supreme Court justice? With her, well, I heard or read somewhere that she got along with everyone. Mm -hmm. She's like one of the lads at times as well. Mm -hmm. But she literally... You think that's good for a Supreme Court judge <laughs> to be one of the lads? <laughs> I guess it would make them a little understanding if someone's brought before them having done some misdemeanor. They'd be like, ah, oh, we've all been there, mate. <laughs> but she... Um, yeah, out of the other vocalists, she had the most... Um, Steady lifestyle, mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily saying much. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to who? Yeah. But she had 
different experiences again she can relate to different people in different ways mm-hmm. um she came from a church upbringing as well so she's got faith there mm-hmm. sometimes that's a barrier to good decision making <laughs> i don't want to be too disrespectful but it can be on the supreme it court it can be but she was pretty reasonable, like an even-handed person. And popular too, right? Yes. There are not a lot of stories about Sarah Vaughan having upset a huge number of people. Not that I know of. No, well, <laughs> maybe there was a dark underside. Because I love that you've, you've picked some incredible vocalists. And I love that you've just, just gone for it with this. And you've picked these iconic women. Uh, but Sarah Vaughan is your favourite. Tell me about when you first heard sarah vaughan or what you go to when you want something to really lift your spirits this song that we just heard is definitely one of my favorite songs um but with sarah it's just like she also has almost like a classical sound to her voice to me Mm -hmm. i don't know her actual history with regards to her training but it sounds it's got an element of the classical side then you've got the jazz side and she literally um she's so expressive some of her ballads yeah. It can bring you to tears. Absolutely. And all you. I mean, at the risk of upsetting big jazz fans, what do you think of her stuff with uh, Billy Eckstein? Like Passing Strangers and stuff. I love, to be honest, I love pretty much whatever she does. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I love what she does. I just don't like what he, he did. Does. We seem like Passing Strangers now. It's like he's taking the piss. <laughs> it's like someone's gone, sing like a jazz singer would sing. I, I it upsets me. You're not going to pass God as a jazz singer. Well, I'm a comedian, so I can say what I like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, this seems to me a, a, a pretty decent choice. It seems like Sarah Vaughan, as you say, like steady lifestyle, long career, passion for music, the ability to listen to those around her. I think she'd make a pretty great Secretary of Defence. You're in danger of getting all of your nominations through tonight, by the way, which I never allow. So whoever your last choice is is in real trouble. Um, well, she'll have something to say about that. Yeah, she, she might well do. Uh, but I want to ask the audience, what, what do you think? Should we nod through as Supreme Court Justice? Sassy? Yeah. Zara, you've, you've firmly got the support of this audience. So. <laughs> Okay, so all three of them have gone through. Um, this last one is your wild card. This is the Minister for Activism. Have a listen. Who was that? That's Nina Simone. Absolutely. Nina Simone's version of Mood Indigo. Yeah. It is amazing. So Nina Simone, the Minister for Activism. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, absolutely. It pretty much speaks for itself. But you speak for it as well. Yeah. Now, Nina Simone, God, where to start? She literally is formidable. A formidable character, woman, activist and musician, playing piano on there and singing and vibey and expressive in the piano playing as well as the vocal, um, storytelling mm-hmm. in the vocals and her songwriting and even her interpretation or reinterpretations of, of um, different singers and songwriters always sounds like her. Absolutely. Regardless, she she yeah. makes it her own every single time. Um, so, yeah. She was very resistant to the term jazz. She mm-hmm. felt it demeaned the music. She described it as black classical music. Yeah. And she was classically trained and, mm-hmm. you know, it was a source of massive frustration to her. The trajectory that her career took, she saw herself 
you know, in, in, a, in a different way and had to fight her whole life. So Minister for Activism seems to me pretty much bang on. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Well, like I said earlier, I absolutely love your selection here. You know, Ella, Billy, Sarah Vaughan and Nina Simone, four powerful black women facing all of the challenges that they faced as women mm -hmm. at that time in music and as black people facing a segregated America that you know where they predominantly worked that couldn't get over itself couldn't make sense of it how much do you do you look at the ground that they laid and made better perhaps for musicians like yourself now i see that the work that they've done is so important and to hear their stories and to hear the stories through their voices in the music you can hear it all you can feel it all um, and that's really important, I think, as a vocalist to be able to express yourself completely and be honest in your vocal delivery, mm. which because singing is actually quite exposing, mm. really vulnerable sometimes <laughs> standing up on stage and singing. Same way, you know, many people have a fear of speaking. Mm -hmm. It's that same feeling. It doesn't ever really go away, to be honest with you, <laughs> standing in front of an audience, opening your mouth to sing or speak or share. But um, I think that's an important part of being a vocalist is that you have to do that. And in doing so, and in my songwriting and things like that, sometimes you are able to share an emotion with someone that they can't express themselves, mm -hmm. but through the music that allows them to feel something and, and, and then they can express it for themselves through the music. That's how powerful music is. And I think that's how powerful the music that those women created is. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, uh, I mean, I... I'm supposed to say no to at least one of these, but I can, there's absolutely... Just try saying no yeah, to Yeah, there's Nina. no way. All right, Nina Simone, I say no. <laughs> hey, get off me. <laughs> Listen, I'm the host of this show. <laughs> I, yeah, of course I'm outnumbered and rightly so. Yeah, listen, we're going to wave this through. Of course, Nina Simone is Minister for Activism. So thank you so much, Zara. Wonderful selections. Um, you're president. You can do a thing or a couple of things, what would you do first? What change would you bring about in the world? Right, so I would get a block party going or a street party going. We have jazz, we'll have like music touring through the streets, we'll get dancers in, we'll get creative people in because we need to have a good time. I'm just so ready to have a good time right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm desperate. Oh yeah. We need to just chill out, have some fun, sing loudly. I agree. Even those of us who are not good at it. Exactly. <laughs> Especially those people yeah, who are yeah, not yeah. good at it. <laughs> you need it the most. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's a wonderful feeling singing, regardless of how good or bad at it you are. I prefer it when you do it. I'll be honest. Um, well, I haven't heard you yet, so... Um... Oh, well, you must attend one of my, my, one of my salon performances. Singing terrifies me. I love it so much, but it terrifies me. So I'm just filled with awe and admiration at those of you who've made it your craft. Um, well, that's uh, pretty much all the time we've got. My thanks to this week's president, Zara McFarland, my producer, Debbie Kilbride, executive producer, Alison Vernon-Smith, and a Pizza Express here in Hoban. Uh, the Cabinet of Jazz is a Loftus production for Jazz FM, supported by the Audio Content Fund. Zara McFarland, our president, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>